Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. If you feel comfortable, if you want to grab an extra donut, you can. Those of you who are joining online, jot down right now where you are joining us because we'd love to know where you are watching and joining us for service this morning. But it is good to have you with us here at Refuge. Some of you have already figured out that we've started something new this past week. There are kid boxes for those who are joining in person. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grab a kid box or some activities. We're trying to change it up each week with what's inside. But there's also a tantalizing prize at the end. And I know kids of all ages are wanting a box right now. So look at this. They're all going. So fun. Hey, a couple of quick announcements. Speaking of kids, the box thing is our attempt to make sure that still something is happening in their mind when they gather here. I know for a fact that my kids don't always listen to me. So my assumption is that your kids may not always listen to me as well. The rest of you, you're on the hook, but if you find yourself to be a teenager and you are in middle school, 6th through 8th grade, or high school, ninth through 12th grade, there is a special meeting for your parents next Sunday. And so I think there's some details that are up on the screen you can find, and, and those of you who are watching online, there should be a screenshot as well. But right after service next week, there's an opportunity for our youth leaders to gather with all parents for a quick parent meeting to showcase what's on the horizon for our youth ministries and student ministries here at Refuge. Speaking of information, ways to connect with us at Refuge, you can always go to the weekly, which is a regular, updated, almost like an old school church bulletin. If you're familiar with those things, we don't want to kill as many trees anymore, so we're making it digital. You can grab it anytime throughout the week if you just go to refugeoc.com forward slash weekly. And one of the other great things about that place, you can also figure out ways to participate with Refuge through your giving. So if you're joining us online, I think there's some giving links that will even be able to go on the screen right there. But those of you who are here on a regular basis, love to have you participate through your giving with Refuge. And the easiest and the safest way is through a giving app that we have been partnering with for a couple years called Tithely. So you can text a quick number and get information, or you can go to refugeoc.com forward slash give, and you'll find all the information right there. Church is not just about your money. Church is about people. And it doesn't matter where we meet, we always find ourselves to be meeting with God. And so we're grateful that you're here. If you're joining us online, you might even see new backdrops and banners in the distance. But those of you here in person, you see what's happening. We're just trying to change the nature of our outdoor vibe because we're not sure how long outdoor is going to be. But wherever we meet, even in indoors or outdoors, we want to be reminded of the place that we have found home, the place that we minister. And so you'll find pictures of orange. And if you're here in person, you'll notice there's even some historical pictures. I think on this banner over here on the bottom left side, you'll notice one of our first places that we ever began meeting as a church years ago called the Ugly Mug Coffee Shop. And then up in the upper left corner on this side, you'll see kind of the landscape design of the Grijalva Park building where Refuge met for a couple years. And now we find ourselves here at 308 South LaSalle. And it's been a year in this location. And we just want to say thanks to God because it has been a good year. It has been a hard year for so many, but in the midst of being a church, trying to figure out what, do we, what does it look like to be a church in operation, 308 South LaSalle has been a good home for us, and we're grateful for the legacy of everybody that has come before us, from 
um, Calvary Temple Church before us, and then even the Grove. And so now that refuge has a chance to be here. We want to continue to be faithful. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to one. If you use a Bible app, I'm even going to direct you towards the New Living Translation version of the Bible. So if you use a Bible app, go to the NLT, the New Living Translation. That's the scripture reading I'll be coming to. And we're going to go to Psalm chapter 62. I'm doing something crazy today. I'm choosing the Psalm passage. You hear us talk about the lectionary all the time. The lectionary is this regular weekly opportunity to engage with scriptures that have been portioned for that specific Sunday of the year. There's an Old Testament reading. There's a New Testament reading. There's a gospel reading. And there's a psalm. If you've been around refuge for any amount of time, you rarely see us take the psalm. It's not because we don't like the psalms. We just found the other ones have something more specific to say to us. But the psalm passage this week, I could not shake. And I want to welcome you into it. And so the psalm, the book of psalms, is a group of poetic, melodic, musical almost. It's almost a weird word if you consider it, this idea of psalm. It's not a song. It's a psalm, right? There's even a famous comedian who made fun of that a couple years ago. So this idea that God has taken an opportunity to speak to his people. But I love good genres. We had a moment last night after dinner at our table at our house. We're like, let's have a movie night. And uh, we didn't really come to like a great decision. But when I hear someone who wants to make a choice for a movie night, you always have to choose what genre of movie you want to watch, right? Are you in for a comedy? Are you in for suspense? Do you want a thriller? Do you want a little bit more action? Do you want to see some people die? Like, I don't know. What's your vibe? When you have a genre, you got to figure out what are you in the mood for? And sometimes your mood changes. The beautiful thing about the Bible, if you've ever considered it, There are all kinds of different genres. There are people who love history, and there are great historical books and historical accounts that can be trusted. Then there are people who love a little bit more of a poetic understanding and a poetic stance. And sometimes poetry is not my jam. I'm going to be very honest with you. But sometimes the book of Psalms says it better than I can. And right here, we find ourselves in Psalm chapter 62. All right, last week, if you remember anything about the guy who spoke, our guest speaker, David Dukasen, if you didn't grab his book, we have a few extra copies. He opened up, and he told us a story about Samuel, who was called in the Old Testament, and Samuel heard the voice of the Lord and responded. What I want to talk to you today about is, well, that's all fine and dandy. Thanks a lot, David. But what about for those days, which I think are a whole lot more, what what about those days where I don't hear God's voice, and I actually hear a lot of other voices? The other voices and influences in my life. And I feel like that is exactly where Psalm 62 is at. So again, if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible app, Psalm 62, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And here is what the psalmist says. Oh, before I get there, I need to give a warning. There's two words that show up in this psalm. They're a little different. They're a little weird. They show up 74 times in the Old Testament. 71 of them happen in the book of Psalms. Three others happen in the book of Habakkuk. Most people don't read that book. (laughs) I said that so you go read it. So 71 times there's these words. The psalm that we're reading today actually has the word twice. It's a word called selah. It's a weird word. Hebrew in origin. Most scholars around the world who give themselves and their lives to the Bible do not know what it means. There you go. It's not even a cuss word. It's not a four-letter word. You're worried I was going to say something. There's a word out there. No, this is a word that says selah, and it's 
Some would say it's like a little bit of a break or a pause. And so when you come to it, you should stop reading and consider what's happening. But since the Psalms are also musical in origin, there's a sense that it could be that they would have stopped the singing and just let the instruments go. So for those of you who play trombone like me, this is your moment to jam. (laughs) Am I just, I'm alone on this. Okay, fine. All right, back to Psalm 62. Here is what the writer is saying. I will, I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. And this is the first use of the word selah. Your your version of the Bible may say interlude or may even skip it. Verse 5, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. And again, the second time, the second use of the word selah. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind. And the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I've heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. And that's it. Psalm 62. But I don't want to just read it and pray, send you on your way. I want you to become Hebrew scholars in this moment. I want you to be able to dive into Psalm 62 and not just gloss over it as if it was just nice writing that I'm supposed to consume because it's good for me like vegetables. Just pointing to my son there. Yeah, I know, like the word vegetables you don't even care about. So this idea is sometimes where we read scripture and we're like, what am I supposed to do with that? But ultimately, if you consider what's happening in this this passage, this quick chapter, it's a writer who's trying to be so gutturally honest with his life or her life and saying it's really hard to be a person right now because it seems to me that everything around me I'm supposed to put my hope in. I'm supposed to put my hope in friends, but you hear the early verses where it says these friends say nice things to my face and then they curse me. Have you ever had a friendship like that? Have you ever had the moment where someone has turned their back on you or said something privately around you. Or perhaps I'm supposed to put my my faith in money. And money is an interesting thing because it can really mess us up. 
And the world around us tells us the only thing that's important in life is the more that you make. Your value to society is actually correspondingly reactive to your bank account. And so he is striving, or she is striving to figure out, well, what's the point of this life? What do I do when everything around me is falling apart? And there is even the imagery, and I tried to do it. For those of you who are here in person, you notice that some of the imagery in the backdrop actually had an image for each verse that came because I felt like there's so much being said in this passage of Psalm 62 that I feel like a crumbling wall because of everything that's closing in around me. Or they're going to topple me from my high place and I'm going to lose my footing. This is what it feels like. But there's this recurring statement that is made. It shows up in verse 1. And if you can put verse 1 back in, be the first one that you find. I will wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. And there's almost an exact duplicate when you get to verse 5. You go to verse 5 and it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. There's actually a different way to phrase verse 5. And another, another translation I read this week said it this way. You put it up there. For God alone my soul in silence waits. Truly my hope is in him. For God alone, my soul in silence waits. So here's my challenge as 2021 is still beginning for so many of us. When's the last time you were silent and you're like, I slept last night. It doesn't count. When's the last time you were consciously silent? Because silence is so dang hard. Give it a try. The next time you're around someone, just be silent and see how awkward the conversation gets. We don't get silent with people until we really love them. And then we go on road trips with them and we don't even talk. Like this is what, that's, a, that's like the place of a good relationship. But most of the time when I approach God, I approach him with questions. Hey, God, can you answer this prayer of mine? Can you fix this situation in life? Can you give me strength here? Can you allow me to remember the words and the wisdom for this test that I'm about to take? God, can you fix this problem I'm having at work? God, can you fix my marriage? God, can you fix my bank account? All these things and requests that go to God. And the psalm writer here is saying that I am supposed to sit in patient waiting silence before God. Because God, in that silence, can actually miraculously heal us. Silence is super hard. I read an article this week by the Smithsonian Institute that talked about the quietest place on earth. is actually a manufactured room that when you measure the sound inside of it, it measures the sound in negative decibels. That's how definitely silent it is. And in this room, they'll put people at times, and they say the longest anybody has lasted in that room is 45 minutes. Because eventually, silence will make you mad. Think about it. Remove all of the sounds in your life, and we're used to all of the side noise. We're used to the sound of traffic. We're used to the sound of birds chirping, the wind that will blow through the trees and make a, a rustle. Sounds are all around us. But when's the last time I've just been silent? But silence is actually very healing, but silence is so hard. I grew up, and I had all kinds of ear issues in life. By the time I was 12, I had seven surgeries on my right ear. I had all kinds of problems, hearing problems, 
and the doctors were trying to fix it. There were eardrums that were perforated, and they tried to make new ones. There were bones behind my eardrum. I'm not sure if you know about this, the three little bones behind your eardrum. One of mine disintegrated and just was gone. So they had to make a prosthetic bone. So yes, I have a prosthetic bone somewhere in there. I've never seen it. But it's there because it has to have the vibration so I can hear. But I remember coming out of surgery and in recovery one time, and I could not hear. And it scared the living daylights out of me. Because when I lose hearing and lose a sense of the sound that's around me so that I can actually make sense of my life, it is super scary. Why in the world would the psalm writer say, go be silent before the Lord? Because he knows that in our silence, we no longer hear what's around us, but we can hear from God. We can hear from God in the ways that even David, our our guest speaker last week, challenged us with. That would I be silent enough to hear God's voice? Or do I just listen to the voices that are around me? The voices that say, I've got to be this kind of person. I've got to be this kind of successful person for people to take me seriously. I've got to make sure I get all of my things in order. And then life and society says, I'm good enough. And actually the psalm writer says, it's when I'm silent before the Lord that the healing that I need takes place. When I'm silent before the Lord, it's when the healing that I need takes place. I also read a book this week. I didn't read all of it. Don't, I'm not going to make myself sound that cool. I read part of it. The book is titled, How God Changes Your Brain. It's a fascinating read. It's a guy that's not even a hardcore Christian, but he's a doctor, and he looks at all of the neurons and everything that's happening within the brain and the context of what can I sense about a person who has given themselves to faith? And he interviews and he does research on people who've been silent. He talks to nuns and monks who've given their lives to a vow of silence and what's happening in their brain. But for us, those people, like the regular people in life, those who haven't taken a vow of silence and we're not monks and nuns, and just by judging by the looks of you, most of you are not nuns or monks. So we're like the regular people where we just go through life and we fill ourselves with noise, whether it's actual audible noise, noise or visual noise, right? This idea that I need to consume, consume, consume so much. When am I silent? And so this doctor, as he was doing his research, noticed that when you are silent in a, in a place of even meditation or prayer, God heals your brain. He heals what's happening on the inside of what's, what's going on in your brain. There's things called like the prefrontal cortex, and many of you probably know way more than I do. But there's healing that takes place when I'm in a place of silence. He interviewed this guy named Gus, and Gus is not a name for a monk. Gus is a name for a construction worker, and Gus was having anxiety and health problems. And he comes to this, he's like, hey, would you be willing to be a part of a, a silence study? And they say to Gus, all right, for eight weeks, we want you to be silent 12 minutes a day. It's not even like a long time. 12 minutes, that's, that's nothing. That's like two songs. But you're not, you're not supposed to listen to a song. You're supposed to be silent, right? 12 minutes a day for eight weeks. They had mapped Gus's brain at the beginning. They had put the fluid in there that you can be able to see, like the, the activity of the brain. And they were able to see at the beginning, before the eight weeks began, and then eight weeks later, Gus comes in eight weeks later, and he's, he's a new man. He's, like, found peace. He's sleeping better. The anxiety is gone. And it's like, it's crazy. For 12 minutes a day, all I'm supposed to do is be still and be silent. And you're like, what's going on? Why is that the thing that we need? And why is it that the psalm writer would dare say to us, 
It's in silence before the Lord that I actually have better understanding of the life that I'm supposed to live. The noise of our lives is deafening. It's all around us. It's all consuming. It's a, it's, it's a noise that will be in front of you when you look at things. And it's a noise around you when there's an audible noise, when something's happening and it takes your attention away. And the psalm writer in Psalm 62 finds company with so many scripture writers throughout the Bible that would say, if I can get away from the noise and the distraction of what's around me, I get to hear God differently. And I get to consider where he's taken me and where he's leading me. So what do I do this week that's different? I can give you the prescription, go be, you know, 12 minutes of silence every day and your mind will be healed. Might be a good start. There's a sense that I need to, and I want to invite you into this, each one of us needs to give ourselves to a little bit more silence so that we can hear God's voice differently. Give ourselves a silence so that we get to hear God's voice differently. As I came to church this morning, I was writing with Pastor Sean, and he's like, what are you speaking on this morning? It's like, it's all about silence. He's like, let's just keep everybody silent for the whole time. I was like, people would leave. That's how hard it is. But as you go through this week, as you are filled with the anxieties of life, and every single one of, of us have them, we're just better at hiding them at times. We can stuff them inside. We can put a coat on. We can put the mask on, literally and figuratively, and cover up what's really happening in our soul. But if we were to do a little bit of an inventory, and the new year is always a great place to start this, is what's happening on the interior of my life that crowds out the voice of the Lord, and it's often the things that I give myself to. It's the attempt at saying, my value is only in how much money I have. My value is only in how good my house looks. My value is only if it looks like I have everything together. Or perhaps there's anxieties in our lives that so debilitate us that we don't know how to pr proceed. When's the last time you've been silent? When's the last time you have shut everything off and just listened? My family was gone yesterday for, I think, a collective between the four of them that live with me, my four roommates. <laughs> they were gone for ah, right around an hour and a half or two hours, and I just was like getting ready for this, and I'm like, you know what, Let's, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to be silent for 12 minutes. I'm just going to go for it. It's going to be crazy. It was really hard. You sit to be silent, and all kinds of things will begin to take your attention away. Like, oh, and then thoughts begin to come into your mind. Like, I got to get things done. What are you doing being silent, Brenton? There's a lot to be. Dishes? You should go do the dishes. That'd be helpful. Silence is so hard. But as I revisit these words of the psalm writer, he says, I will wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. Or verse 5. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Where do you put your hope? Where is your hope? There's a lot of people that would like to tell you this week where their hope is. Even the things within our country. And like the narrative has like, oh, now we can have hope again. And you're like, stop it. That's not where the hope comes from. It doesn't come from there. It doesn't matter what color the house is or where the person is. Our hope comes from God. If I look at this verse and I take it seriously, the hope that I have for life is not found in what's around me. 
It's miraculously what's beyond me. But when I'm silent before the Lord, I'm able to engage him differently so he speaks to me and challenges me. I even love these verses of verse 7 and verse 8. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge. And yes, every time there's a scripture that says refuge, we have to read it. A rock where no enemy can find me. Verse 8, oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. There's a tough verse at the end, all the way back down at verse 12. It says, surely you repay all people according to what they have done. And a lot of scholars don't know what to do with that. Like, oh, shoot, does that mean God's getting back at people? Actually, if this passage is all about where do I put my hope and trust, and if I'm busy putting my hope and trust in other things, then God's going to say, go ahead. If you think it's about all those things, go ahead. But the challenge for every single one of us as 2021 (coughs) continues is if our hope is found in God, And if we're able to be silent before him, he will change our brains so much that we become healthier people. That I'm no longer so insecure or worried about what people think. That moment that someone really tore me down because they said something about me doesn't affect me because actually the voice I'm really interested in learning about is what God says about me. So the challenge for every one of us is real. My hope is obviously found in him, but my hope for every single one of us as we read Psalm 62, and perhaps you even dwell on it this week, would you give yourselves to sitting silently before the Lord and hear what he has to say? So let's pray. God, thank you for a day to meet. Thank you for the crispness in the air and the beauty that surrounds us here in Orange County, California, where even in the distance, the new rain from last night has put snow on the mountains and it speaks of your creativity and your love for your people. You show up and show off all the time and it's on display all around us. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together and hear from you and open up your scripture. For many of us, whether we're watching online or here in person, we have issues with our world because we fill ourselves with so much noise. And I pray God, that as this week happens upon us, that we will find moments, just moments to steal away silence and listen for how you want to speak to us. You do not bring words of condemnation or hate. You are not in the business of shame. But when we find ourselves before you, at your feet, next to you, you're the one who speaks life and hope and goodness and love. And may we experience that today. And it's in your name we pray. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.